isn't it exhausting kind of like the zeitgeist around uh i guess whatever however in views january 6th and like for you kind of like for like not not that it is but it's like from like the public perspective like half of your identity is associated with january 6th like it's got to be exhausting a little bit to like have you know so many people have like a distorted twist like some people think that you're the worst of the worst apples but you're sitting here talking to us and you seem like a fairly normal person you know so i mean it's like to me there's a whole bulk of society out there you know like who you know shouldn't think so black and white but do think so black and white about you and then I, I feel like that's tragic because i mean they've done the same thing to people like uh, ariel pink and john mouse like musicians who were at the riot but they didn't they were they didn't actually go inside the capitol uh you know meme ranch we're gonna be interviewing a j6er who is intermittently going through periods of jail time after he had a plea agreement and we are going to be discussing today with you a whole host of stories behind how he wound up in that situation i'll show you right now on the screen though just a few months ago he was on tucker carlson before he got slashed from the network and uh it was a great interview it gave a lot of insight into what individual people are experiencing uh post j6 people who were at the riot and uh without further ado i'll just uh give the floor to daniel goodwin welcome to the show daniel thanks for having me so yeah first off uh i think it's very interesting that people call it the riot because there was about a million people who came to see trump probably about ten thousand came down mm -hmm. to the capitol and i don't know maybe one third of those people would have considered it to be a riot while the other two thirds probably didn't see any violence or anything like that. I was one of the people who came afterwards and I didn't see any scuffles with police or anything like that. Yeah. I, I being uh sort of like quasi aware, I was uh, essentially just, you know, like thinking that, you know, there was a momentary riot, you know, that happened and I, I think that a lot of people just like take that as the whole shebang when a lot of people don't even know that after there was a push and after people broke into the Capitol, there were just thousands of people just standing around kind of just like, you know, like, uh, like, you know, like, you know, what are we doing here? And I think that so many people were just sort of like uh, involuntarily, uh, you know, cast eyes into like a certain group and everyone gets labeled as rioters whenever the actual number of rioters there is probably so you know, far few in between, you know, uh, would you say so? I would absolutely. And a lot of people don't realize that the police actually started violence by shooting a guy in the face. And then also, you know, there were tussles and things. Uh, four, four people died that day. None of them were police. One officer died the next day from unrelated issues. He had a stroke. Protesters tried to help him. But um, at least three of those pro-Trump protesters were killed because of the police um and maybe even the fourth one also so when you when you say guy uh getting shot in the face so you're referring to ashley babbitt no i'm referring to joshua matthew black and he got shot in the cheek with a rubber bullet i'm not saying he got killed i'm saying he got shot in the face there was blood all over the ground then people got pissed off and that started scuffles now ashley babbitt's one of the four that that got killed by the police um roseanne boylan got killed by being beat over the head with a baton and also kind of trampled and gassed so a few multiple reasons for her to be dead then between uh kevin greason and benjamin phillips at least one of them was killed because of 
um, grenades going off in the area. And they were both kind of a little bit older, like not super old, but maybe like boomers or something. And so, you know, they, they had heart attacks, but one of the heart attacks at least was because of the grenades. Did you witness any of these things? Before I got there. So me and David actually, um, we've worked on January 6th um, investigation and research, compiled a lot of video, and we actually put out two documentaries. So Writing History and Bloody Hill. Just for the record, tell me what happened that day for you. How did you end up there? Uh, you know, how did the day progress and then how did it end? Yeah, so I don't know how far back to go, but basically on the way there, actually, I got arrested for not wearing a mask at a gas station Taco Bell. <laughs> so I was really, I was driving there from San Francisco where I was living to um to washington dc and uh so i i left right after new year so i've had plenty of time but then since i got locked up for a couple of days i did not have plenty of time so i was barely getting there on time we were planning to have a uh, a photo shoot and a prayer time at the washington monument early that morning well by the time i got there it was too late so uh i, I was also uh like wearing flip-flops because um I just left the house in a hurry. I forgot my shoes. And I was like, oh, no worries. I got plenty of time. I'll buy some shoes. Well, then I didn't have the time when I got arrested. So it was a cold day wearing flip-flops. During the rally, I was just kind of joking around with people. Then I uh, went over towards the Capitol. And uh, by the time I got there, the gates were already down. People were meandering. Um, I was so still joking around. And you, I went in. What was your, Daniel, what was your purpose? What, what was the idea of you going that day? I think you mentioned it to yeah. me when we started, but. Yeah, so I've got, I would say there was about three main reasons. Now, um, with Sop Hate, I've been doing, uh, covering rallies and things, doing citizen journalism, videography and stuff. So one thing, two things I wanted to look out for with that were, you know, people were saying there's going to be Antifa there. They're going to try and do a false flag. So if there's any Antifa, I'm looking around, try to catch them on video. But, uh, but the main thing I wanted to catch on video is just the size of the crowd. And I've never seen that many people in my whole life. So I did. I catch. I went up to the top of the scaffolding. I got video showing, as far as the eye could see, shoulder to shoulder, there had to been a million people there. Uh, and and the news was always lying about how big these Trump events were. So the third reason was just you know stop the seal. So I had been doing the stop the seal protests and rallies, and uh, obviously the election was stolen. So we wanted to support Ted Cruz's objection and Paul Gosar's objection, so that the legal process would be followed to actually investigate the fraud. And uh, so we obviously didn't want any uh, official proceeding to be obstructed or anything like that. So it's, I mean, this is, so I consider this sort of a, a comedy podcast and I just have to point to the fact, I'm going to jump back, that you got arrested for not having a mask on and flip-flops. No, 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 no. The flip-flops was for January 6th. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I was in flip-flops too. That's right. Were you wearing flip flops? On wearing flip -flops. We must we must point out uh, Daniel was just in the past year and a half recently diagnosed as a certified autist. So that's right. Just just so everyone understands, you know, like it all makes sense. You know, like we can we can move move ahead. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So were you wearing flip flops on January sixth? Yes. Oh my! I don't even know how you could do that. I'm sure it was freezing cold. That it was. Morning. <laughs> yeah, it was. I called him multiple times. Throughout the night, we talked a few times. He said, I'm, I'm going to make, I said, dude, you're not going to miss anything. Just, just pull over and get a nap somewhere. Dude, don't I don't know about it. You're not going to miss anything. Of course. I don't think you're autistic. I think you're retarded, dude. That's crazy. You can't <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> crazy. 
<laughs> yeah, well, no. It, well, the plan was to have shoes. I just didn't have enough time because they arrested me. So. The plan was to wear shoes. But that <laughs> the plan was on, definitely on to wear shoes. Yeah, that was part of the plan. <laughs> there were a few spontaneous things about this. Like, no one planned to go in the building, for example. Now, on January 5th, I would have been there, but I didn't get there in time. Now, do you, you, you want to make a confession here right now on this podcast with this? Were you wearing underwear? Did you pack your underwear that No, morning? yeah, I did. Yeah, I had everything else packed. That was <laughs> that was just the one thing I didn't think to pack. Uh, so funny, man. To wear. I'm, this... I was wearing flip-flops at my house. I just got in the car, and then I was driving. I was like, uh, basically in Nevada, I think. And I was like, dang it. Why am I wearing flip-flops? <laughs> I, I, like, my shoes are probably like beside my bed or something. This is a historic uh event in american history and you were part of it and i'm just trying to you know add a little levity here to the conversation uh, so you know it w- it didn't start off well in the beginning when you get arrested for not having a mask in flip-flops in cold weather um what, what did you think was going to happen that day like you're like all right things have already got to a bad start wow this crowd is humongous what was on your mind what were you thinking uh, well, I was hoping, I think a lot of us were hoping that Trump was going to just show the evidence of the fraud on the big screen. And then Congress would go through, tell everyone to investigate, and then we'd come back in six days. Or maybe we would just camp out on the lawn for six days and just wait, you know, just an old school style protest. Uh, so, OK, well, that's actually kind of interesting. So because I. Watching the uh, view from my perspective, uh, I think that a lot of people were really optimistic that there was just going to be like some kind of like uh, change of heart by Pence. And, you know, people were going to, you know, essentially we're going to sit down. We're actually going to litigate some of these things. But you actually thought that there might have been like some sort of, you know, like thing that he would have shown on this on the on the on the screen. Because that's that's very interesting to me. I, 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 I haven't heard too many people say that, but. Well, they did have the big screens out there and everyone was expecting at least not maybe not for him to show up, but for for at least Trump to talk about in his speech. And we went everyone in the crowd there was like, we've heard Trump's speeches a million times. Why is he just saying the same stuff he always says? He should be talking about the election fraud. But, you know, he did talk about what, you know, Pence, is he going to do the right thing? And we were all like, eh, probably he's not. So I was going around asking people like. Mike Pence, for or against. Does everybody like Mike Pence? You know, I was saying I was joking around things like that. I was asking people if they wanted to take the Bill Gates microchip vaccine. Nobody <laughs> wanted it. I was like, on the plus side, you get free GPS tracking. They record everything. So if you forget something, you can go back and figure out what it was. On the downside, you can't say the word Jesus Christ anymore. And nobody wanted it. It was weird. I said, just go to buildingbackbetter.com. You know, so I was saying things like that. Another joke I was it's making. A real was, I have not been to that. Is that was that legit? Uh, no, no. What, oh, it was buildbackbetter.gov actually redirected to the White House website during For that real. transitionary period. For yeah. real? No, literally. Does, like, does it, does literally. it still does that? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. So but in your I, face. That's that, that is insane. Yeah, the other joke I was making was I was saying, so guys, they haven't counted the votes yet. So everyone, this is why the Democrats are winning. They have all voted multiple times. So everyone, if you've only voted once, go and vote again before they count them. That, so that was another thing I was saying that day in the crowd, getting a, getting a few laughs. Or I would say, uh, and this one's on video, guys, can we have six feet, please? There's a pandemic. That was great. 
<laughs> I, I have. A, I'm going to switch the gears here a, qu- a quick second. I have. This is my own personal question, but I think in retrospect, maybe a few years down the road, this will be an interesting question for you to answer. Um. So you said you're not. To clarify, you said you're not a proud boy, right? Not a proud boy. Okay. So how did you get into? Were you a Republican before? Were you a Democrat and independent? Like, how did you view your your politics, or did you even view politics? Was it was it just you live in your life and then events unfold and you get more interested? Yeah. So basically, I am um, like a fundamentalist Christian, and so one of the things I like doing is like evangelism. And when I started seeing the free speech rights being um, taken away. That's what kind of got me into right wing politics, because obviously the left wing was censoring the right wing. When, when, and I'm asking, I'm not trying to pin you down because of any agenda. I'm just asking because I think uh, when people look back at this information years from now, this will be interesting because we're still close to that time frame. So, like, can you pinpoint uh, like what year or like what was going on? Had you seen a Trump speech or? Yeah, so like, it was like. Uh, Alex Jones and Laura Loomer getting banned from every platform. 2018. That was the end of 2018. With August, I was in I was in Silicon Valley the night it happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the beginning of 2019. Actually, Laura Loomer was there that same night. He yeah, was flipping. He he was flipping the switch, guys. He's 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 the, the You banned her. <laughs> I was on I was on the Apple campus with my. I was filming documentary footage, and we we droned above the Apple. Um, uh, headquarters that night, the night that they, no. they they pulled the plug on Alex Jones. Wow. Yeah, and I hadn't heard of him or her. I mean, mm-hmm. I maybe heard his name before. But once they got banned on every platform all at once, I was like, I'm going to look into this. Like, what are they trying to hide? Ever since then, I've, I've gone down all the, the conspiracy rabbit holes. And a lot of the stuff that they're trying to hide is because it's like very important, very true stuff, like the fluoride in the water and all, all that kind of thing. So what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on seed oils? Uh that one I haven't looked into, but uh I would avoid them if the memes are true. Yeah, that, that's for sure. There's certainly a lot of them and I'm like, man, I got to stop eating chipotle now. Ah, chipotle too. Dang it. They put in it everything. It's in like uh, I know that's you know, that's 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 the big one. That's like big seed oil is like the one where it's like are you going to are you going to follow it? Like I'm like I kind of want to honestly because it sounds bad. <laughs> Yeah, they're but trying anyways, to poison us in the air, in the water, in our food, obviously in the are we allowed to say vaccines? Anyways, they're not vaccines anyways. They try to poison us in, you know, drugs, and obviously they try to poison us through media and social media. So there's no area where the elites are not trying to poison and kill us. I think it's funny. I, I was uh saying the other day there was this guy um on Twitter, Nuance Bro, who uh was no, saying yeah. Yeah, he he was he was saying that uh you know they were basically getting to the point where he thought that you know vaccine people who didn't take the vaccine some of them were uh very serious and uh uh what's the word you know uh sincere whenever they said that there was magnetic like like the the vaccine would make you magnetic and me and other people were responding to him and we were like dude that was a psyop like that that was a definitive psyop to make vaccine skeptics seem more crazy was to put out this narrative that people I don't believe. know about that I, I saw a video by lauren witzke of her own mother getting magnetized by a vaccine so i mean are you calling laura witzke a liar i'm saying that this nope. guy 
that, that, that this guy was psyoped that that because I don't I don't I don't I don't particularly I think that there are people having like cardiac issues, but like oh, I haven't sure. seen people being. Yeah, I think I, th- I think myocarditis is real. I just haven't seen the magnetism thing like someone. Well, I mean, I need someone... deeper, man. That's the thing. They're trying to hide it from you. They're trying to hide everything from everybody. Did you know Bill Gates wants to blot out the sun putting particles in the air? No. Yeah, that's an episode of Fairly Odd Parents too. Because of climate change. And it's also The Simpsons. Yeah. They predicted a lot in this. It's got to be true. They had the golden escalators for Trump, so yeah, that that's actually true. Yeah. 11. Fuck, man. COVID-19, they had the, the lockdowns. Uh, house cat flu. Look that one up. I'm just ready for their episode that has Nancy Pelosi with the gavel in the Senate chambers or something, you know, so we can solve this January 6th game. Yeah, like Clue. <laughs> <laughs> with like the portraits and stuff like that of like yeah. the lawmakers and stuff like that. They, they already have the Where's Waldo uh, January 6ers. Insurrection game. Yeah, it's really fun. Oh, that's incredible. That you can't win. <laughs> Oh man! Wait, so I'm 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 curious what 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 you saw when you were because you were inside uh, the Capitol for just a very brief speck of a moment. Like, yeah, less than a minute. Yeah that that was that that was sort of core to the, was that plea was over then or was it just being out near an area of the restricted part yeah, of the so Capitol? Or was they it- have a arbitrarily drawn red line they put on an aerial view Google Maps view of the Capitol grounds around the Capitol building. And they say, anybody who went in this area is trespassed. Like that's going to be a, obviously like 10,000 people were in that area. And nobody mm-hmm. saw, maybe the first hundred people saw those bike racks, those flimsy bike racks that were supposed to be the restricted area. There was about five cops there. People knocked them over real quick and just went in. So it's not just people who were in the building who got charged. So, but I think for me, um, the way they're saying that, I'm, the way the way I'm saying I'm able to plea guilty is by, you know, that that gate wasn't there. The door was open when I walked in. The police told me to leave when I was inside. And there was a, a couple seconds where I hesitated to leave. So that's where I was actually trying to police. It sounds like it was a group of them. Was it a group of them or just one or a couple? There was or, a group. There was a group that said leave. Yeah. Did they yeah. how did how did they point you out out of all the people that were in that room? Just, just because you walked in and walked up to them or yeah, I have not, to this day I'm wondering my mom wonders too like we just watched that video mm-hmm. and uh-huh. my mom goes why did they point why did they single you out yeah like baked Alaska's right next to me streaming he stayed in after I left like he was in there yeah. for what, like 30 minutes we both get 60 days I mean is- I'm nothing I'm not like holding that against him it's obviously the government doing that to us but it's very arbitrary no so but that is so you bizarre go, then you go up there's a rumor then you go up to Baked and say, "Quit trying to dox me." Is no, that it's not a rumor? It's on video. You can see it. Yeah. So, so, that- so it's because here's why, and it's funny, right? Because <laughs> I think it I'm is. Saying, Stop doxing me. My name is Daniel Goodwin. So it's <laughs> ironic, right? Okay. Uh, but, okay. but here's why it actually does make sense. That should be a meme. Stop doxing out to me, saying "SF thought criminal," which is my alt, right. while showing my face. So I, what I'm trying to say to him is. When you see me in person, call me Daniel Goodwin. When you're talking to me online, call me SF Thought Criminal. When you put the two together, you're doxing me. So it was, a, it was an inside joke. I was joking because I was already doxed by Antifa like a, uh, in September or something. So it was see, that's, that's, where, that's where on the internet, all context gets lost. Yes, oh, yeah. It does. 
That's so funny, yeah, because I'm pretty sure like even news articles picked up on that and they didn't see the they, they didn't pick up that it was like a joke, you know, that was like yeah. in the moment, you People know, like that read that in the Dallas morning. They're like, news. Oh my gosh, she's so dumb. I'm like, maybe you're the dumb one actually. <laughs> well yeah because i mean you're sitting there you're standing there with so many other people and it's like out of all the people that you you, you get singled out now i will i will ask real quick because I, I i did read uh in the, essentially the prosecution notes that they were saying that there was that that you were I, asking people to identify the the cop's id number and things like that yeah, yeah. which is which is, which should be a protected speech right you know it's like there shouldn't oh, yeah. be anything that's wrong like sovereign citizen stuff not that i'm one of those guys but it's like you know and that's also kind of a meme right you, you ask the cop cop his badge number when you're on video right mm-hmm Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, I think the only difference is people thought the decorum was like an off, like an obtuse, you know, venue to like be asking that question, but it's like, it's still the same, like whether you're in a parking lot, whether you're, you know, in the, inside the Capitol, it's kind of, you know, it doesn't really matter the yeah. setting. And I still don't know what his badge number is. So um, if anyone finds out, let me know. Well, as it turns out, asking a badge number, knowing a badge number is useful in any sort of defense that you may want to uh, mount in the future. So it's well, not. I would have pursued that if I uh, was going to go to trial. So mm -hmm. it was always my intention to find out. Um, I'd still like to know, but yeah, I, I would have pressed that issue before going to trial, like in mm -hmm. discovery. So uh, did you did you follow? This is taking us back onto that day and going into the capital. Did you actually follow Baked in there? Did you? Did no, you just, not at all. Happened to just randomly see him. Just randomly ran into him. And okay. I was expecting to see friends that day, but in a million, a million people, it's hard to run into one. I ran into two. The other guy was Philip Anderson. I saw at the Peace Monument. Mm -hmm. Did you see Nick Fuentes standing anywhere by the fountain? No, he I think was there later. Um, that's the Peace Monument. I think you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Also, uh, just like, I don't know. I mean, you're sitting here today. I mean you like so many other people I, I, i'm sure there's more people out there who had similar stories as you and maybe they're listening to this right now and kind of thinking oh crap like am i also going to be in this situation like um you know i i i, I think in some ways what what would you say to people who are you know currently you know who, who are at gen 6 but they're kind of like you know like well i was in this restricted area but it was also like there are like thousands of people there too like that that could give someone goosebumps, you know, I'd say lawyer up. Basically the way I see it, there's about a million people who are there about 10,000 in that restricted area and they arrested 1000. They're going to arrest 2000 more. You do the math. It's like a one in three chance they're coming after you. And they've already got the, the facial recognition from all the cameras. They've already got all the, um, geo tagging, geo fencing from the phones. So they know where you are there. You, you can't hide. So obviously don't try and like destroy evidence that's just going to be used against you as an extra charge. But um, also they don't need, you don't need to worry about someone snitching on you because they already know, but, mm -hmm. but people are also snitching too. So that's true. Do you, yeah. I, has, has anyone, you know, you know, like, I mean, I'm not asking you to like name any names, but have you heard like any stories of like people like getting like asked to like go after their friends or anything like that? Uh, no, all I know is from the news stories and stuff. Hmm. Like somebody uh, matched with someone on Bumble, and that right? That turned in. What do you? I mean, isn't it exhausting? Kind of like the zeitgeist around, uh, I guess, whatever. However, in views January sixth, and like for you, kind of like for like 
not not that it is but it's like from like the public perspective like half of your identity is associated with january 6th like it's got to be exhausting a little bit to like have you know so many people have like a distorted twist like some people think that you're the worst of the worst apples but you're sitting here talking to us and you seem like a fairly normal person you know so i mean it's like to me there's a whole bulk of society out there you know like who you know shouldn't think so black and white but do think so black and white about you and then I, f- I feel like that's tragic because i mean they've done the same thing to people like uh, ariel pink and john mouse like musicians who were at the riot but they didn't they were they didn't actually go inside the Capitol. uh you know yeah it's, like, and it's it, interesting he didn't get in trouble for saying let's kill the cops tonight but as soon as he likes sam hyde uh, he's saying <laughs> john mouse yeah, lost john mouse. his his song that's a good song cop killer um, I would never say that that's a good song in terms of those lyrics. Well, I definitely love those synthesizers. That's it's a good I'm just saying it's a good philosophy. That's different. <laughs> Bad you, philosophy, good song. It's you good. Have a great point, man, because the people that went there feel completely misunderstood. We didn't go for a riot. We didn't go to overthrow anything. We went to have our voices heard, exercise our First Amendment rights, and the police literally attacked. You talked about the crowd when Everybody was peaceful, standing up at the front, saying, please don't gas us, please don't shoot us. That's when Joshua Matthew Black got shot in the face with what was supposed to be a marking round, but it was expired. It was old, and it had hardened up, and it didn't explode. It, it went through his cheek. Right. Instead of marking him, it scarred him. And uh, everybody in the front, I mean, that started it, and, and that was the misunderstanding. We didn't go for any violence. We defended ourselves. And, and you know, we see the Capitol Police being taken you know, for a ride being blamed for everything, but it was really the Metro police. It seemed like that was the, the bully, the strong arm that came in to really kind of wreak havoc on the crowd. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of details that we could go into. Like if you go to our uh, website, stophate.com slash J six, we've got a whole page for like research and calls to action and things like that. Joshua Matthew black, actually, even though he got shot in the face, he is the one who got sentenced. Uh, I mean, actually, I don't know if he got sentenced yet, but he got convicted, he got right? Convicted, yeah. So received, no, the pe- the person who received that shot. That's yeah. right. There's no investigation into the cop who shot him. Right. That they they called all the violence from the police that day objectionably objectionably reasonable. What's the word? Objectively reasonable. Yeah. Well, I mm-hmm. would say objectionably as well. Yeah. But anyways, like it wasn't just the the D.C. Metro Police and the Capitol Police. Um, if you go to um, that page, I said, we have another page full of secret agents, the confirmed secret. Now, th- there's plenty of secret agents there that are not confirmed yet, but we know that there is confirmed FBI, ATF, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole list. I got it. I got it. I have to just clarify here. That song by John Moss, I think it's a good song. It's not a good philosophy. <laughs> so yeah, we, just, do not, we do not endorse yeah. killing of cops. No. Um, we do endorse free speech. People should be allowed to say... Very edgy Stupid things. things. Yep. And that's why I'm proud to be a proponent of the hashtag demand free speech movement. Well, I mean, who was the guy from uh, Whitest Kids You Know? Uh, the guy, uh, Trevor Moore, who passed away recently. Like, he was a professional free speech advocate in some of his sketch comedy. Um, like, I mean, he, he had some pretty, like, his, he, he had a whole skit, you know, basically about like, killing the president of the united states which is obviously oh, a joke that. yeah 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 it's it's it's, it's very much you know, there 
That's it is right on free speech there. It is. It is right on the edge. And, and, and in some ways, you know, that's like what's beautiful about comedy is that I think it's like the yeah. only thing that you can get get you as close to the edge. Um, well, let, me but, make a point. let me make a point here. I think that's an int- I think that's interesting, actually, because when, you know, as an artist, we are always dealing with um, context. And um, if you tell a joke like that on a, on a comedy stage, it's viewed as comedy. But if he were to show up there on January 6th, obviously the same free speech uh, exists there as it would on a comedy stage. The context suddenly changes. And I think that's something we should, you know, as Americans should should understand about our speech. I have a question to add to that if I can. Actually, can I can I piggyback off that? Yeah. Yeah. So on that day, there was actually a uh, an art piece. Uh, which I'm sure you would appreciate, which was uh, Gallows. And it actually has on the side written, this is art. There were a lot of pictures taken of it, making it look like, no, these people intended to use this on Congress people. Mm-hmm. And then there was people chanting inside, hang Mike Pence, which I'm not those people. I wasn't near them or around them. But you got to think they were probably joking. Maybe a few of them were serious, but mm-hmm. it's a joke, Okay. And just because it's on January 6th doesn't mean those people need to be prosecuted for saying hang Mike Pence. And that they weren't going to hang Mike Pence. Okay. Okay. So, Who needs to be prosecuted for that? It's the people who were the Secret Service and the people who declined the National Guard for not being good enough at doing their job securing people. The point I'm trying to make, though, is, is I agree with that. But if you're going to tell, um, a, if you're going to show up and do a Yoda voice, Right, you don't do it on Rambo, you do it on Star Wars. So I'm just saying that context does play into how people think about things. Sure, and I think that's an important idea to keep in mind when you're trying to express your, your you know, your First Amendment rights. Is that um, there is an art form to doing it, and you can be more effective if you're aware of maybe the art behind it, or just you know, and that's, where you're at the context of it. And that's a great point, but understand too that at a political function you have even more freedom of speech. I mean, it's, it's literally the place to do that, to talk like however you want and to say the thing. I mean, look, they used to have duels in the building. They used to, you know, run people out on a rail and tar and feather folks and do all kinds of crazy things back in the day. This is tame compared to anything from the past. We just wanted to express our desire to see a a fair election and, and we were robbed of that. But you know, that, that was the place to make those statements and maybe not kill cops and stuff. I'm definitely not for that. But all the all the political cops stuff did try and kill us, though, they really did. So there is an argument for self-defense. I fortunately was not put in that position, but just saying, so, some of those people fighting cops, they were totally justified. Did you guys see there was a really uh, interesting Supreme Court uh, opinion that came out yesterday called a uh, counterman versus Colorado. And it essentially made it harder to prosecute someone uh, essentially for making uh, a violent a, a, a perceived violent threat um, it was a really interesting yeah. case it came down seven to two uh, but it, it, it it's really interesting because I mean some people have, like, pro- professors have uh, have written about how already how it could you know even though this is like sort of like a harebrained theory that you know like people have thought oh maybe Trump could be held liable for the riot um, it, it they, they they just made it a lot harder. The Supreme Court did, so I I, I think that's pretty interesting. You know how it might yeah. you know actually compare to other smaller free speech cases that you know like explain that decision. I don't I don't think I quite got the context. Yeah, and who were the two? 
Uh, the people who dissented? Yeah. Uh, I believe that was Jackson and someone else. I don't want to get that wrong. Uh, oh, okay. But So I'll, I'll explain really what happened real quick. So this decision made it more difficult to convict a person of making a violent threat, uh, otherwise a, 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 a true threat. They basically held that it has to be on like a subjective standard rather than a, an objective standard. Uh, and so this... This was a, a a decision that was written by Justice Alana Kagan, so a liberal justice, and uh, so it just kind of goes to show that you know the Supreme Court seems very aligned on this, you know. So it, yeah. it'll it'll be interesting to see what well what the, will come of it. The liberals used to be very pro free speech, allegedly. Uh, that's what I've I don't seen. I don't buy that. I yeah, think the that's SPLC said that they would like defend the Nazis in Chicago back in the day. Yeah, I, I said allegedly for a reason, but yeah. Why do you think they did that? I mean, because they are Nazis, but I mean, I mean, Kagan, Kagan wrote that this, you know, in part, you know, is, is, is done to uh, protect political speech because I mean, the Supreme Court has said time and time again, especially on these free speech type cases that, you know, that is central to, you know, what the holding is. And so it, it just seems like it's a bit more, you know, as far as penumbras go for true threat cases, I think that this is, it may be even incitement cases too, in some ways, uh, you know, they've kind of expanded it out a little bit more uh, to where it should be in accordance with well, the Constitution. Well, I think that's a good direction to take it. but uh, And I want to take this in two directions. One of them is you're talking about them trying to go after Trump for January 6th. That, that's something that's really going to happen. Um, Merrick Garland's already said that he is willing to do that, whether he's a candidate or, you know, in office or whatever. So obviously that's on, that's, that's still on their, um, their plan or whatever. But the other thing about the Supreme Court is that one of the charges I was facing. So originally it was just a couple misdemeanors. Then they tacked on a felony, 20 year felony called uh, obstruction of an official proceedings, 1512 C mm -hmm. or something like that. And this one actually went to the appellate court because one of the judges was saying this does not apply to these January six cases. That was judge Nichols Trump appointed. Then, uh, the government said, no, actually, we think it does. So that went to the appeals court. They actually, um, what's the terminology for it? Appealed. They appealed or, 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 or they vacated it or the they opposite of vacated. The way it is to where, I mean, they ruled on it to, to where um, the 1512 charges are sticking for January 6ers. I expect that one to go to the Supreme Court. And I hope they take it because it's one of the most important things. And actually, when this uh, was written, it came from the uh, Sarbanes-Oxley. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Act. Oh, gosh. And sorry not to get too technical here, but, uh, you know, Supreme Court guy here. Uh, when George Bush actually, um, what do you call it, signed off on the bill, uh -huh. uh, he kind of had a press release and stuff, and he was saying that, this needs to make sure well, people need to make sure to not use this to infringe on people's first amendment. And the actual reason for that uh, law to be passed was to correct a loophole in regards to the Enron paper shredding scandal. So mm -hmm. basically the law is to, cause, cause the way it was written before they could prosecute people for telling someone to shred papers, but not for shredding them themselves. So basically this law is like, okay, you also can't shred. If you shred papers to obstruct Congress, then that's you know up to 20 years so nobody on january 6 was shredding documents and also there's an argument to me that's not an official proceeding so hopefully that goes to the supreme court 
And uh, and secondly, I mean, as far as the the fifteen twelve goes, there's a lot of people that are being charged for that. Had no intention of going inside the even outside. We've had people charged for it. And Congress has the ability to go in right now and change the verbiage, you know, tighten up the description so that it doesn't apply to these people. I mean, congressmen yeah, that are supposed that, to work for us, but they don't because they're not doing anything. Have you had discussions with anybody that that could maybe look into that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we had a big hearing a couple of weeks ago in D.C. and expressed a lot of different uh, opinions, a, a lot of uh, witness testimony from, you know, like we always say, it's different for everybody. So it affects you differently. So we had a a whole panel of different witnesses that it's affected in different ways. And, you know, when you go to the airport and you get harassed just to try to travel, that's one thing if you were there on January 6th, but if your friend that flew with you 10 years ago is starting to get the same treatment because your, your names are associated somewhere in the past, we have issues with, with, you know, big brother really looking at us too hard. It's real serious stuff. People need to understand. So the demand free speech stuff that, that we did in the years previous to, you know, January 6th, that, that was important because it's just, you know, people think it's uh, social media deplatforming or whatnot. It's so much more. It's Airbnbs and, you know, travel and banks. And, and until Mike Lindell and Michelle Malkin were affected, you know, nobody really listened once again. And, uh, you know, nothing was ever done about the censorship that, that keeps us from getting our stories now about January 6th, you know, out to the public. We put stuff out two years ago that people still don't understand, still don't know that would you know be game changing material for them. Yeah, like Joe Biggs and Enrique Tario had their PayPal's banned long before January sixth, you know. And I got my um, Stripe account banned, which is a back end payment processing thing. I couldn't uh, even use Gives and Go, which is a Christian alternative to GoFundMe, which is already banning everyone. So these things are affecting me pretty. Like I got my Facebook and Instagram banned. I got banned from a dating app. But you can't I got use a bank. From Airbnb. I mean, if you get Lyft, Bank so of America, so many things have been banned from. Yeah. If you can't order your food, you can't travel, you can't take a car ride, you, you can't, you know, function several, as a normal yeah, human. Several, several J6ers have had their literal bank accounts shut down. Mm -hmm. not, wow. not, not even talking about having their the assets frozen like Nick Fuentes and a few other people, but shut like down. literally like their bank account shut down. Then you got to go find another bank and hopefully they accept you, approve you or whatever. Can I, can I ask a question? Do you think any of the people that you know... Um, from January 6th or maybe before that, like Nick Fuentes is a, is a very <clears throat> probably prominent person to bring up. Do you think this is just kind of entertain me here? This is sort of more for the audience. Is Nick Fuentes a fed? Man, I doubt it. I wouldn't think so. I, I mean, I'm not going to say he's not smart enough and I'm not going to say he's too smart <laughs> to be a fed, but it could be either one of those. I, I, I don't see that. I, I don't see. You don't think so? What are, what are the signs that point towards him being a fed? I'm not, no, I don't, I'm not saying I think that. Well, what are I, the people say? I think it's an interesting question. Uh, well, I've actually heard people who are, um, people who are probably. Doesn't Jaden McNeil think that? Probably. Maybe <laughs> yeah, Jaden McNeil's a fed. Hey, <laughs> takes one to one, right? Do you think baked is, and I've asked baked this, and I didn't get a straight answer, but do you think baked is a fed? No, I don't think so. I've known him too long. I, he, I, I would say. Do you think baked likes to make people think he is? Maybe. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He's like in this meme uh, culture where he's at like the post-ironic stage. So you kind of have to live in that. Oh, are, you, are you buying into the post-ironic stage? What's that? Are you buying into the whole post-ironic stage? Well, I don't know. I guess it depends how you define it, which is also part of the 
problem itself. But <laughs> I, mean, I, I am a very much an appreciator of like uh, Sam Hyde style humor. But uh, that's that's not Sam Hyde saying he's post ironic. I actually, I'll just tell you, I think he said he's not, and I think that's what um, that is what iDubs called. IDubs. Yeah, I watched that iDubs thing, and I uh-huh. very thoroughly appreciated um, the Sam anyway, Hyde version. Yeah, I like his. I like Sam Hyde's humor a lot. So I'm with you there. Um, but what, it's what, like you don't know. You know, sometimes like you don't know when someone's being ironic or not. Like I like that. There's a value to it. Like you kind of want to know, and you kind of want to not know, and you kind of want to have like your your discernment be part of the process, part of the fun, part of the joke. But you, know, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm a I'm a child of the '80s, and to me, that's old school school humor because. That's the way jokes were. You didn't know, and that was why it was funny because you kind of suspected yeah. this might be, uh, this might be wrong. And it, yeah, it, like Norm you know, McDonald, Norm, Norm McDonald style. Yeah. You know, like that's hey. that's definitely in there. Yeah, and I love, rest in peace. I love that tweet he did about uh, the January Sixers being inside those ropes. I don't. <laughs> what was that? Uh, I didn't. Uh, see. Somebody pull it up. Yeah, yeah, ahead. I can. Yeah, yeah, I can pull it up. But, well, well, uh, while he's pulling that up, tell me, what do you think about Ray Epps? You go first. <laughs> poor Ray. Y'all need to leave poor Ray alone, man. What did Ray do? <laughs> so you know, listen. My opinion's always been, uh, you know, we helped start that that conspiracy theory with baked with with baked Alaska's video. Um, spread it to the right people, and it does amazing things. But you know, that, that needs to be addressed. Needs to be talked about. My whole theory about Epps is. That even if we proved he was a fed tomorrow, it wouldn't get our people free any faster because it's not the way it works. And I wish mm-hmm. it did. I wish we could say fed, let him go. But, but that's not going to, the second part is Ray never said to do anything violent. You know, when he was filmed the day before he said peacefully, peacefully. And then, you know, he talks about getting closer and working with the police and getting closer. And I kind of personally always thought he wanted to get inside and do a sit in or sit down protest, you know, and, Hey, I'm all for that. As long as it's nonviolent, I wouldn't have any issues with that. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, the media was given this uh, opportunity to use Ray Epps as bait to keep us just running all over the place, you know, chasing our tail and screaming. He's a good news story. Do what? He is a good news story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. So, okay. Yeah. So here's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a Norm McDonald tweet. I loved when the violent terrorists made sure to respect the velvet ropes in the statuary hall. Yeah, it's true. And that's such a good point. Respect the but, art. But back mm-hmm. to back to Ray Epps. So here's my view. I actually think that entrapment is a really good defense. It worked in the uh, Gretchen Whitmer Michigan hoax mm-hmm. case, um, at least for most of them. Some of them meaning, got mistrial. Meaning, and I think they're gonna... meaning you think he's a Fed. What's that? Meaning you right. think he's a Fed. Do I think he's a Fed? Well, if he was. No, I'm saying, yeah, if he is. So yeah. I right. think it's 50 50. Okay. But more likely than him being a Fed is that. He's a Fed asset. You know, somebody put him up to it, and he didn't maybe realize. Whatever. Who knows? Well, okay. I'm going to go through what he said the night before on January 5th to Baked Alaska's face into my cameraman's face. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going go to go. We need to go into the Capitol peacefully. Bake says no, no Fed. He said this is going to get me arrested, and he was talking about just for saying it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And he I never don't, got arrested. You don't have to go past him admitting he would get arrested for saying it. 
Mm-hmm. So to me, that that speaks to his state of mind as to what he knew he was doing was getting people arrested. Getting people arrested. Yeah, but then, I agree. But then we, we, we also have to add in this sprinkle of detail because we know that Baked was in the Capitol, but we also know that he was against it the night before. So it was really interesting to see, you know, like it's change. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. People, people, people follow the leader. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not saying it's. Yeah, more, but more, but more also complex. baked was baked didn't. He, that was a bonehead. The action. That's where the action was. Yeah. That's right. what he does as an IRL streamer. But but back to back to my <laughs> opinion about Ray Epps. Hold on, hold on. That's actually that's actually a great point because he does other stuff that's just as stupid outside of the Capitol. <laughs> too. So I wouldn't pin that on him trying equal, to be like a riot opportunity. Right. Right. Okay. So. um Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the case against Fed, uh, against Ray Epps, Fed Epps. Um, nobody said, to my knowledge, to this day, and I've done so much research, probably more than anyone besides maybe David. Me and him work, do a lot of it together. But nobody else said to go into the Capitol before January 6th. And on January 6th, I can probably count on my fingers the amount of people who said to go in the Capitol before, going, before the people started going in the Capitol. So that in itself is very weird. Nobody had thought of it. It didn't enter my mind until I saw that open door. Right. So I heard, I heard that the night before there wasn't any talk about going to the Capitol, but I know people like Glenn Beck were like giving uh, warnings to their listeners. They were saying, if you're there, uh, don't, don't be, you know, a tool or don't, don't, don't be, you know, used for something that you don't want to be a part of. Like it was, there was basically this, there was this ominous day of, he was saying, uh, you know, don't get involved in violence with police. That's going to, it's going to be a false flag. It's going to be another Kent state. He was given that speech and people were directing people to, uh, you know, him and Ollie were directing people to lot eight, which was on the other side. That was the original plan. That's where I wanted to go originally. But then I was like, Oh, people are going in. All right, I'll go in. But okay. I still want to talk more about Ray up. So he told people to go in the day before that's very suspicious. Mm-hmm. The other thing is he actually helped push this big barricade or what do you call that thing? It's like got a flag on it. It went over his head. He pushed this thing over his head. It looks like he touched it. It looks like he may have been involved in pushing it. I think he disagrees with this. But anyways, people who were pushing that thing over got charged and he did. He was inside the red area. Right. The me, including Adam Kinzinger, were defending him, saying that, no, you know, this guy didn't do anything wrong. That's the bait and switch. Not only that, but the Mockingbird CIA media, New York Times, wrote a puff piece about him. Has the New York Times written a puff piece about any January sixth besides Ray Epps? That's the uh, trick. Uh, I don't they, know. They, they could obviously it's the big circus, but here's the thing: mm-hmm. people think that whether or not there were Feds there hinges on whether or not Ray Epps is a Fed. That's right. not the case. Like no. I said, we have a whole page full of Feds, some of whose names are listed. We know the names of actual Feds mm-hmm. implanted inside. Not only the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters, but in the crowd, telling people to go forward, saying somebody's going to get shot. We have the undercover footage of Metro, of Capitol, of FBI, ATF, all these different groups. So that that is not, we don't need Ray Epps to be a Fed for this to be entrapment. But to this day, I don't think any one person has tried the entrapment defense at trial yet. And think I'm of very much looking forward to that when it happens. But well, a little bit maybe in the Proud Boys case. But in the in the, in the in the realm of the culture war, having Ray Epps outed as a Fed certainly sheds light on a lot of the other issues in the culture at large. Don't you agree? 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, but what did it do for Whitmer? What did it do for the Michigan thing? I mean, you find out that 14 out of 16 guys were feds or whatever it was, and, you know, nothing? I mean, you still no, got – I mean, it did something. It freed those guys. Who not all of them. Trapped. Not every single one a of them. A couple of them That's went to the mistrial. Thing. They're going to go to trial again, but they haven't been convicted, have they? So where's the public outcry and, and knowing that the agency that did that still operates in the United States? I think it is a battle of attrition and all these little battles you can win. Right. helps illustrate the larger picture it's 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 look at it as a painting you don't finish a painting in one stroke it takes several so in yeah. order to paint this picture for the public the, the true picture of what's going on or what's happened or what what have you you have to add multiple layers and uh touches of of like the final picture so this is a big part of the big picture to me well and vivek ramaswamy is one of the uh, candidates who's saying disband some of these three-letter agencies so mm -hmm. that idea is becoming more popular marjorie taylor green selling merch saying to do that like even you know i'm not like the number one fan of either of these people but this this is the kind of messaging that's popular and that's what's showing that mm -hmm. and, and listen to shed more light on it if people want to see what happened from a couple of different perspectives so the first documentary we put out writing history r-i-g-h-t-i-n-g uh, it's it's just 37 and a half minutes, I think, of video from the day in a chronological order lets you see for yourself what we saw. And then the second movie we put out a year later was Bloody Hill. And it's got three different perspectives from people who were there and that, that witnessed different things about January 6th that, that the public may not know about. And it's infused with, you know, video through through the day that explains our positions on that. And it just gives you an, an honest look without the media spin for you to be able to look with your own eyes and start, you know, unpeeling this onion a little bit. It's so many layers, like you said, and, and, and so involved. You can't just take it in at one time and understand it. It's just like seeing the first scene with the first gate push and then watching everybody go in and stand there innocently saying, you know, please don't shoot us just to be attacked by the police. Until you see these things and understand, you're going to see the first gate push and you're going to see people climbing the Capitol and breaking windows and running inside like, you know, there's two sides to every story. That's what I say. All, and there's two sides to that building. And if you force people to fight on one side and you let them in the other side and say everybody fought to get in and, and it's the media getting their press release out first, trying to get their their version of history. It's Pelosi saying all those things. And that's just the battle of attrition you're talking about. The public needs to get this book. We're talking about the American Gulag Chronicles. You can get it at lettersfromprison.us. And it has letters from these guys that are sitting in prison. I mean, that experienced and witnessed Roseanne Boylan's murder by Metro Police Lila Morris. If, if she delivered the final death blows at the West Tunnel after they CS gassed and trampled everybody, you see her, the, the officer hitting her with a stick. And witnesses are still sitting in jail that 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 were they tried to give her CPS and then the police dragged her away. CPR. Yeah, they tried to I'm help sorry, her. CPS, CPR. And they sprayed these guys and maced them and, and, and drug her body inside and didn't know how to operate the equipment to try to save her life. It was a horrible situation. And these what guys was their reasoning for bringing her body inside. What's that? What was their reasoning for bringing her body inside and taking well, her away? Well, it, it was definitely chaos outside. They can't leave her out there. I mean, the guys were pleading with them to help. You know, they were begging the police. She needs right. CPR. She needs a medic. Please help. Stop, stop, stop. And as they were given CPR, the, the police literally were macing guys off of her and then grabbed her by the foot and just drug her body inside. I mean, she was carried to the police by the crowd. They right. carried her up there, and then the police okay. continued just to... But this is after the police beat her to death with a baton. So they just killed her. 
but people don't know if she's dead yet. Like, can you help her? That kind of oh, thing. Wow. It's like Ashley Babbitt. She gets shot. They carry her upside down. There's a medic right there trying to help and they push him away. Mm -hmm. It's like they, they don't know what to do in a situation. These people are not trained well. And, well, and they want to kill us. They're murderous. Officer Sicknick was getting CPR from the police, but he wasn't in cardiac arrest. From what I've heard, that's not good for you. He had a stroke. And right. there they are giving him CPR and he was not dead. So there's you know, a lot of that. I think the benefit, the people who benefited are the people who wanted to see chaos. They got what they wanted. Nancy Pelosi, Maria Bowser. I don't know who those people are. I'm not I trying do. to name names here. I'll name I, them. <laughs> I'm just you saying this, this was a true tragedy due to, uh, I don't know. It's just it's well, total chaos. I mean, I was there. It just sounds like you. chaos. Let me tell you. It's the way that we've been saying it for two and a half years now. It's choreographed chaos. You yeah. can prepare to be underprepared. Yeah. And then bad things happen. Look, they can't just say, okay, this person is going to run across the grass at 415 or something. They don't know that, but they know that if they don't have enough police or if they don't give them, you know, their their helmets were taken away from them, the Capitol Police, mm -hmm. just days before the, the, the event. Oh, these are expired. We need to get new ones. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the new ones by the time it happened. All this with the equipment, being in the cabinets, not being authorized for the munitions that they obviously used. I mean, how many months did they say the police didn't use any grenades? The police didn't use any concussion grenades just to see and that's video why after video after video of them throwing them deep into a peaceful crowd. Unauthorized, unauthorized uh, obviously, you know, criminal. So, you know, the, the choreographed chaos out of it, I think Troy Nels put out something earlier about, you know, how bad and how they planned for the under preparation and, and made this happen. I want people to know that's intentional as it could be. And, and, and for the powers that be to know ahead of time, had the Intel of the numbers and the threats, some of the things that were happening and not yeah, have and that's on our Guard. website. We have a whole list of that under of Intel that they had beforehand. On that's our right. website. So, I want to, I want, I wanted to add a little bit to that from a, from a separate report. There's, you know, recently the three letter agencies have been actually almost like reversing or backtracking. They've been trying to say that, uh, now the intelligence reports that they ha had beforehand that you know showed that things were actually going to get worse they were downplaying you know like i guess like the significance of those and i think it's interesting that you like add that in the context of what i'm saying because it seems like they're almost trying to downplay you know how much information they knew ahead of time because yeah, they there's sort of, there's there's this obvious back and forth from like you know like oh well people say that you guys should have been more prepared because you had x and x you know, type of warning. And now you're saying that maybe those warnings weren't as no, credible. They, yeah. They yeah, exactly. Info, and they were working together. So they had a whole like force, of but, but it wasn't even that even on top of that guys, listen, if you've got the Capitol police, you've got the Metro police, you've got the national guard. How can we move these guys around to best fit our optics, our, our plan? Well, let's mm -hmm. take the national guard and put them out on traffic duty where the Metro police should be. Cause that's where they work. And let's bring the Metro PD in because they beat on BLM and Antifa. They like the fight stuff. They'll be the strong arm. The Capitol Police, we're going to under-equip them and under-educate them and about what's happening. Them. Yeah, they had no so idea what was They didn't have a then. clue. They kind of got All taken. They did. There's a video of them saying, we just got... We got duped. Yeah. We like, got taken. We got tricked. Got I mean, played. these cops are saying this. <laughs> and then the Metro Police come camera. in. Wait, hold on. You know, Who said they got duped? Uh, the police themselves. Capital police, right? Yeah. The police, so, okay. And it's all on video. I mean, they're saying, we got tricked, man. Where's our backup? We didn't have any help. They put us up for this. And they're, they're trying to get people hurt. They, they yeah, realize it as they much said. as they we did. Up. That's what he said. So when you think about the National Guard finally was given the permission and the 
paperwork, everything was signed off for them to come in. I, th I think it took them about seven minutes to clear the entire complex, you know, to get yeah. everybody off. So you're telling me just been there at the, the Metro police, they had to get their F HBO movie with Fanon. They had to film that at the tunnel. They had to get that for yeah. their optics. They had and to have Alexandra Nancy Pelosi. in the bottom with mm -hmm. her daughter filming. They had to get these different elements. They had to move. Saying I've been waiting for this day. Absolutely. All these things. Punch Trump in the face. Yeah. So we look at it and we're like, okay, so you can prepare to be unprepared enough to let these things kind of organically happen and not bring the cleanup crew in. Right. You're forcing these people to defend themselves and fight for hours when the, the final crew comes in and cleans them out in minutes. So there's two main right. things going on here. Number one, this is to cover up their stolen election. Number two, this is to chill free speech. Who wants to hold a big rally after that you think that you're about to get totally arrested just for showing up? And number three, a bigger budget. So if you watch the True. EMS video that they put out from DC, their own words, we need a bigger budget. This is like 9-11. We need a new video surveillance camera. Guys, I'm here to tell you their videos didn't fail. I watch them every day. I, I have access to this through the lawyers so I can see the database. <laughs> we can actually see more than Julie Kelly and the other reporters because they only have the CCTV. We have body cams. We can hear what these people are screaming. You can read the documents. It's a terrible thing to witness, and yet the public doesn't have access to that. That's what... Are you going to access that for any sort of documentarian production? No, we, can, we can't share any of it. It's under seal. It's under sensitive. For how long? For how long? So, Kevin McCarthy could say one word, and all of it could be seen by everyone. And, and, and him and Marjorie Taylor Greene promised they were going to do it, and now he's out there. she's out there saying... Oh, well, if we do that, then sedition hunters are going to find people's faces and more people will get arrested that shouldn't get arrested. No, the FBI already knows who everyone is. We need the exculpatory evidence. Mine mm -hmm. was shown on Tucker. Q Shaman's was shown on Tucker. There's a thousand more people's. Theirs didn't get to be shown on Tucker. Even if you showed one every day, it would take two years. And then how there's did, another 2,000 going to get arrested. How did you, Daniel, how did you and Tucker end up being on TV together? Uh, that is, uh, he, he uh, contacted me. Why? Uh, Big story. How many people that have stories? So, <clears throat> are you? Well, he was the, probably the shortest time in the Capitol that was still charged. 37 seconds. He literally got about two days for every second that he was okay. in there. And, and that's unheard of. I think it was just one of those stories to where, especially with the 15, 12 and all, you know, there, there was no way. He didn't do anything violent, didn't take anything, didn't push anybody. It, it was just a unique story. The way, yeah, the way I see it is it was a story that Tucker could really illustrate for his audience. There's a video of you coming in, walking out. This is outrageous. Well, I mean, honestly, he was, he was told to do this story, but that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious, uh, just kind of where we're at, you know, sort of like where, uh, you stand on everything. Like, how has this, you know, changed you from like a, any sort of like internal perspective like you know and in, in, in some ways you know obviously it's uh, procedural but it's like you had to you know enter a, uh, a a plea deal so to speak so like you were forced essentially plead uh you know guilty but in some ways you know it's like it's hard to do that whenever you have such strong feelings about everything that actually went down and so that had to have been like sort of like a struggle or a dilemma in your head i'm sure right it was more than a struggle in my head i actually had to go back and forth with the prosecution on this because they were originally trying to get me to plead to the 15 12 which is a 20 year sentence i was like hell no for one thing i'm not even guilty of that so then they're like okay we can plead down to this misdemeanor okay 
Then they give me this statement of facts and they say, sign your name to this. It's full of lies. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to sign this. You have to change this first until it's all true. Then I'll sign it. And that's the thing. Most people, most January Sixers are not autistic like me. And they are just like trying to get out of the situation. They're like, some of them are very strong on their convictions. And some of them are yep. just like, you know what? I got to get on my with my life. So a lot of these people, they're signing statements of facts with literally lies written throughout the whole thing because they're just trying to get out of it. They, they were coerced into it. I'm one of the few, I think, that can honestly say, like, like I just wrote the truth in my statement of offense. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty that I, uh, that I walked in that building, I guess. Mm -hmm. But they add verbiage to guys' statements after the fact. I mean, one of our friends was reading his paperwork and he said, look, they put the word violent in here. It wasn't in before, but they put this little word in here. Mm -hmm. after his charges after everything and that's the things you have to really argue because they're trying to paint a picture they're trying to make a whole narrative and they're trying to you know say that it's the 9-11 thing it's the terrorism it's the yeah, I mean, white supremacy out, like, or whatever references hey, what to mob or riot things like that they're trying to make it say like like i'm was it with mobs and riots like yeah. there that may have happened that day it wasn't where i was yeah, definitely. I, I I completely can, you know, see and imagine people who are just, you know, like you said, they kind of just want to get on and they don't maybe have the the, the goal to, you know, they, maybe they don't even know that they can, you know, challenge, you know, what the government is alleging them. And, and you know, so they just kind of, you know, I mean, it was kind of a gamble and, because if they were like, no, I'm not going to change that wording, then I was have to be like, OK, then I'm going to go to trial. Yeah. Then, you know, now I'm facing five charges instead of one. And I'm facing a DC jury. They're oh, going to convict me whether I'm guilty or not. And then I'm going to have to get sentenced for five charges instead of one. That could have been basically the rest of my life. Very like scary. 24 years maybe or, or you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, not all those misdemeanors would have been a full year, I think. For so maybe 37 seconds for years. walking in and walking yeah. out and, and saying the cop basically says, get out. He says, life. yeah, get his number or whatever. But I got to stand with my convictions. And, I'm, you know, one of the people who did that um, is John Strand. And, you know, he was there protecting Simone Gold, uh, the uh, America's, what's it called? Frontline, Frontline doctor, doctors. Yeah. She, she just went to give a speech. She took the plea deal. He went to the trial. They both had the same charges. They both had the same judge. She actually had dated the judge and turned him down. <laughs> this guy now, that was her bodyguard. They were in a romantic relationship. So literally the guy's now sentencing the boyfriend of her of his like ex basically oh my gosh how is that not like you got to recuse yourself from that That's so a nightmare. See, no conflict you better, you better if you ever find yourself in that situation you better hope you were good in bed i don't know what else to say <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how that we can happens. we can just say that, that that they love shrek you know like there's nothing wrong with that you know, That's so, right. that's right yeah uh so uh, okay well, i want to ask one more yet? I want to ask one more uh, because we're, we're, we're coming up, but I think that we were talking about this, I think off air. Uh, but one thing that I really truly believe, and maybe people you'll fight me against this, but like what I was saying earlier is that I feel like January 6th is going to be subject to the most revisionist history of all time. It's like this never ending sort of like, you know, like uh, you know, forces like sort of coming against each other, you know, like this narrative and this narrative and they're pushing back and forth and i and i and i kind of feel like uh it's gonna always be that way i think there's always gonna be like this like prevailing narrative like the one that you see on cbs and msnbc but i think that there's always gonna be some fight 
uh, about the truth. And I think that that's great that you guys are putting out your own separate documentaries because I think the any event in U.S. history needs more documentation. It's this uh, specific event. Well, I'd say so. it's intentional. And, and, you know, I started Stop Hate back in 1992. I saw what the media did with a little bitty piece of video and, and basically make race wars, you know, the Rodney King stuff, the uh, L.A. riots. And, and it's no different here. They've taken this sensationalized press release, this, this made-for-TV movie, basically, to vilify people. I mean, literally, they want us listed as domestic violent extremists. They want people to be either a threat to persons or property, so they can put you in jail indefinitely. We've had our Tiananmen Square. Literally, January 6th was our Tiananmen Square, where the government comes in and mows down peaceful protesters, blames it on them, holds them indefinitely in prison. And the big misunderstanding between the people is the left thinks we went and hurt cops. That was not what we did. And we've tried to explain, look, we, we backed the blue. We're not those people. We, we didn't kill an officer. They say we did, but we didn't. That was the biggest lie that they put out first and it changed everybody's attitude. It put a bad taste in their mouth about January 6th. And many people have never gone back because they truly believe that we murdered a police officer, which was a bold-faced lie that they continued as long as they could. Their negligence is what killed. We had witnesses that took Sicknick to the crowd and another uh, took, took him to the police and asked for help. Another one was a combat medic and asked to treat Sicknick at about 7.30 or 8. They denied him and said, mind your own business. He collapsed from his stroke. They blamed us, said we hit him with a fire extinguisher. All lies. We know that now. But at the time when they're putting their big press release out to scare people and to cause that division. So what I tell people, we've had our civil war. I mean, this is it. This was our moment. It's the deaths. It's the destruction, the devastation and the division between the two people, the two sides. And, and that's where we have to come back together in that unity thing. Because, look, we're the red ants and they're the black ants and the government's the one shaking the jar. And we're all just there getting shook to death and we don't hate each other. If you go to the grocery store, you don't see this. You don't worry about people of other colors throwing canned goods at you. It's not like that. But if you watch the news, oh, my gosh, keep your guard up. You know, watch out for the beans on aisle four because there may be a different colored person. It's the same division. Just they politicized every single thing they can from health issues to, to everything to, so they can further divide us. And the thing about Sicknick is... They, they, they say the cop died. Now they're saying five cops died on January 6th. Well, the other four cops didn't die on January 6th. They died from allegedly from suicide. But look into those suicides because those are very suspicious. Very. And then on our side, we have protesters who also have committed suicide for various reasons. And mm -hmm. people don't realize. But they're trying to do a transfer of the names and the numbers. So so if if we're sitting here saying, look, it was it was literally four to nothing that day. The cops killed four of us. And we mm -hmm. killed none of them. It was four to nothing. And that's the facts. But then they're coming back from the political side saying, you know, four policemen died from it. Well, they're trying to transfer and say that it was that day. It wasn't on that day. They don't say it's on that day. They say they died from January 6th. What makes you think it was that day? They're and people are saying that they committed suicide because they were so traumatized from January 6th. There's no evidence of that. None. Oh, I've seen worse stuff happen. I wouldn't say worse. I, that's, that's hyperbolic. I've seen very very bad stuff happen in in well at, at these protests wh yeah. when i was there filming um and this was really not something to affect you i would say if you were one of the the people who've been arrested and put through this process that would be traumatic enough to make you want to kill yourself well but being, being in blue 
worst things happen every day across this country oh, to yeah, people. Absolutely. And in D.C. I mean, these cops see stuff all the time. Well, when you have reports from the EMS themselves on the radio saying man shot in face with grenade launcher, teeth missing, or woman, oh. woman with lacerations on her head and her arm, bleeding controlled. Maybe some of these cops got a little guilt because they got a free reign and a, and a long leash to unleash the, the brutality on these Trump supporters that they don't like. And then maybe they had some guilt feelings after, or maybe they wouldn't fill out the proper paperwork since they were interviewed with the FBI before they could fill out their reports. And they said, no, that's not what happened. I'm not going to do that. Maybe these I, 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 I'm not trying to make excuses, but I think it was very chaotic. And mm -hmm. I think, I think people got caught up on, the whole situation sure. and this is oh. what happens this is what happens when chaos reigns yeah so let's just uh well i think what he what he's getting at is that they may have uh been suicided like epstein they may have been taken out for not not wanting to toe the line on the narrative yeah mm. and there is one cop who has been speaking out Tariq, that's a scary uh, thought what's his name Tariq? Tarek johnson Tarek yeah. johnson mm -hmm. he's the he's the cop who had the maga hat who the Oath Keepers were collaborating with. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about that. And you know what? There was also uh, the one cop who was going to testify for the Proud Boys, and then he got in big trouble. I think they fired him or something. Yeah, he got. He may be facing charges. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I spoke. I spoke to a police officer from that day. Uh, he, he was from Jersey. We did like a follow up call, and he he was uh, pretty much. I mean, I think I think he was just kind of just wanting to stay off the record. Uh, and so I, I, I can, I can understand it from that perspective. If you're like one of these guys that just kind of, you know, it got out of hand and you're, you, you might be a free speech proponent, but you're also like, well, you know, like you were saying earlier, like these rallies have, you know, had, you know, people have had a chilling effect when it comes to going rallies because they don't, you know, think maybe there's that something that's going to happen to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll show up in Vegas and get shot, show up in DC and get killed. I mean, you, you can't go anywhere anymore. <laughs> just kind of the way it goes. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, uh, you know, we're going to stop hate and we're going to keep spreading memes uh, over here uh, for you guys. And, uh, you know, again, please uh, feel free to tell everyone to, uh, you know, go to the links that you have provided. Uh, you guys have a huge network, a huge operation going on. And I think uh, a lot of people would be interested in uh, checking out what you have to show. Can I can I add something here, guys? My advice here, this is from the Meme Ranch. Um, you know, like I said, we consider ourselves a little bit on the humorous side. If you find yourself, if you feel the need to attend an event like this, that it, with peaceful intentions, um, just realize that if you go with humor and you go with a funny thing to add to the situation, you diffuse it a little bit. They can't call it conspiracy if it's comedy. So maybe just use that however you feel you know, applies to you and, you and I'm talking to the audience here. Just use that. However you feel like that applies to like your situation. Can uh, I say what I learned that day? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What I learned that day is that uh, if you're going to enter a federal building, look for metal detectors. That's how you can know if it's an official entrance or not. Interesting. Good point. Yeah. Good point. I didn't know that before. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Now they've like kind of like, uh, well, I guess they have the metal detectors on the entrances, but now on the inside, they've kind of like gotten rid of some of those. Because uh, the Republicans in the House are like, get rid of those for the lawmakers entering. 
<laughs> well, that was good. I saw that Second Amendment stuff. And listen, I want to say thank y'all for letting us come on here and lighten up a little bit. It's been very serious for two and a half years. There's not a lot of room for humor, so it's great to be able to at least try to interject a little into this and and kind of lighten the situation a little bit. It's really serious for a lot of people. Their lives are literally dependent on their families as well. So, you know, as, as much as we can to lighten the mood, I appreciate that. But, you know, just don't forget for your audience how important and how serious this is to so many people. I, I think I think so many people get so caught up in this and they feel helpless and they feel mm-hmm. black-pilled every day. So it's so important to understand that life is short and you must enjoy every day and take advantage of every day. And, and you know, like literally enjoy. I'm going to say I say that, but I'm saying like literally like learn to have some joy in your life sure. whether yeah. You know, through prayer or just, um, you know, that's right. Your hobby is, but, but yes, this stuff is, it feels important. It feels like the end of the world if you don't address it, but you can, you, you almost can get more done if you, if you stay healthy about it. Yes. So. And don't, and don't feel helpless guys. There are calls to action. People can help these J sixers and their families. Just go to stophatecom slash J six and you'll see 15 or 20 different things from prayer to letter writing, you know, getting this book that has their stories. And there's a lot of things that you can do to help these people that they actually feel they recognize, they appreciate. And, and it's all about just, you know, sticking together and one big happy family. That's we're just trying to get to the end of this chapter and, and get it behind us and put the real criminals in jail that have done this to people that, that, that didn't deserve this kind of treatment from their government. Yeah. So stop hate.com slash J six for the calls to action. My socials at danielgoodwin.com. That's a good one with a Y instead of an I. And sfthoughtcriminal.com. I'll be active on that again. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, looking forward. Uh, please feel free to come back anytime and uh, give us any updates. And uh, without further ado, I believe an outro is necessary. <laughs>